0: Hey everybody, this is Terrell Cummings. This is episode 30 of the Always Relevant Podcast. Myself and Dane DeMail will be on the show talking about Star Coswell Players that we can't believe were NFL bust. Uh, the documentary, The Last Dance on the Chicago Bulls' final championship season of their second three-peat. Um, what is the best food chain steak that we like to eat? And then also the most successful post-career athletes. So... We're looking forward to it. We're ready to have fun. We hope you are too. And enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is episode 30 of the Always Relevant Podcast. You got Terrell Cummings here. Got Dane DeMayo just in the line. Dude, what is going on?
1: Oh man. It's a beautiful Saturday day. Saturday out here in Eastern PA. Got the sun out, 71 degrees. I think summer's coming.
0: It's coming. Like here, it's it's supposed to be a high of 81 here. So you're going to get this tomorrow. But I think it's supposed to rain tonight. So, you know, we'll see what's going on. Like Thursday is a high of 50, and today at a high of 81.
1: The weather needs to make up this month for real. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's coming. Too bad we can't do nothing, but it's coming. Although the golf courses have been opened in Pennsylvania. It's official.
0: The, the golf courses have been open in Ohio, so we've been we've been lucky enough to to be able to play a little bit, um, having been able to take advantage of it as much as I'd like. But I think the weather just because it's been raining quite a bit, I think the weather is starting to get a little better. I know the golf course by my house is packed with people. I actually saw someone make like a a chip in for looks like it was probably for a birdie or whatever. Everybody was going crazy, running around, jumping with their hands up in the air. So it's pretty funny, pretty good seeing that. So. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. They still don't have the flags up on the courses right now. They just have basically a cup around uh, around the cup, so you don't actually have to reach into the cup to get your ball once you um, – you know, when you're playing. So that is probably the main difference right now um, with everything. So it's just the new norm for right now. So we'll see what happens. Wow. Yeah. So A well, little crazy, a little crazy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it um you know how are you and how are you really I'm gonna I'll go and kick it off um, how am I I'm decent no complaints um, obviously we you we know we've've we've been lucky to still be be working during this time frame you know we're able to work from home so we've been able to um, you know, try to keep things as normal as possible without actually going out and really interacting with a bunch of other people uh, you know try to utilize zoom and those different applications uh mobile apps as you can to try to interact with other individuals out there um so you're not stir crazy um but you know like i said doing all right but how am i really i'm still doing all right i'm a little tired i have a lot going on just with work work's been crazy lately uh family school you know this has been a heavy week for both of my classes so I've been reading up a lot, studying up a lot, doing a lot of quizzes, doing a lot of final exams, doing a lot of group projects within the last week and a half. So I'll be happy when that's over and that culminates, next, I guess, this coming Friday on my birthday with me taking a final in financial accounting and hopefully uh, maintaining my my A and 4.0 in that class as planned. So we will see. So, Dane, how are you and how are you really
1: Hey, you know I'm doing pretty good. Super busy at work makes it a little tiring, but like I said before, yeah, you know, we've we're fortunate to be working right now, so no complaints there for sure. Right. right. How am I? How am I really? Well, how am I really? Is uh, I got horrible news that Philadelphia is raising their parking tax by five percent. Oh wow! So what's going on? They're going to raise the parking five percent. What that means is when I want to go to the Reading Terminal Market to get my cheesesteak, it's going to cost me like $10 instead of 8 or something like that. So, crazy! You're, you're killing me. You're killing me. There's a reason nobody wants to live there. Plus, they raised the property tax 4%. So, not only do you have to actually deal with living in that city, but you have to pay 4% more. So, they just raised all these prices just recently with this going on. I'm telling you, man, you guys got it good out in the Midwest because Pennsylvania's on a mission to get as much money out of you as they can, trying to get to that New Jersey level. Man, I'll tell you what, New Jersey's so bad. When you go to New Jersey, after they've done gouging you for every tax you can imagine, on your way out of New Jersey, they still charge you a dollar for leaving the hell place. A dollar. Right. At the tolls. Gotta to charge you one more dollar before you leave. So, life's good in Ohio, people. It's good in Ohio, let me tell you.
0: Yeah, no doubt. We don't have to deal with any of that for sure. And, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad about that right now. I'm glad, glad on where I live. Nothing's been too crazy. Nothing's changed too much. We don't have to deal with tolls as of right now. I did see that Louisville now has tolls. So, I'm feeling that Cincinnati's going to get them at some point in time, uh, especially they're going to build the new bridges that they keep talking about. So, that's just going to be – a chunk of tax dollars trying to get that built, and they're gonna try to recoup that. I'm sure. So,
1: yeah, the only one I can think of in Ohio is the Ohio Turnpike, which runs up north. It is even you won't even deal with it in southern Ohio. Uh, that's really the only one you got. Do you realize from Philadelphia in your car to go all the way to the Ohio border is about fifty dollars now on the Pennsylvania Turnpike one way? Really, fifty dollars. It's about fifty dollars from going from Philly, getting on the uh, Pennsylvania Turnpike, and driving all the way to Ohio. It's almost like fifty dollars. Crazy. I take eighty. Eighty's free. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. 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 Keep that difficult. in mind if you're traveling through the Keystone State. They're going to get your money big time on that. Heck, they charge you like five something dollars just to get on it from Ohio, and then they start running it up from there. So, yeah. yeah. I'm fired up today, people. I'm fired up, gouging, gouging going on everywhere. So we're about to get into some more fun stuff. But because Terrell asked how am I and how am I really, I had to let it loose a little bit today. So hit (laughs) us up on Twitter and tell us what is the worst, worst text that you think there is out there or the worst toll. Let us know. Yeah, no doubt. No
0: doubt, I'm sure that everybody has their own personal experiences of of tolls and taxes that get under their skin. So it'll be interesting to hear what everybody has to say. Now, Dane, I have a quick question because I know we're going through this. We're gonna start off this podcast. Do I sound funny coming through the line there? As far as how my, uh, as far as any kind of anything technical.
1: No, sounds mind? good right now. Sounds okay.
0: good. I was wondering. There's there's different feedback from in my ear when you're talking. So I didn't know if those sounded the same. So that is all right. Not a big deal. We will figure that out and keep it moving. So as we go, as we go, I know we're going to talk about today. First segment are star House Wall players that we can't believe were NFL bust. So Dan, I know you had a list. I know I've kind of got a list of a couple of guys in mind. One of them, not sure they're necessarily a bust, but I think in the NFL they were. But CFL, they went out and made plays. So I know it's not necessarily the same, but um, I don't know. I know you had a lot of players on your list. I know you had a lot of representation from Penn State. So I don't you go ahead and kick us off?
1: Yeah, I'm out here in Penn State, and, you know, I hate Penn State. So, you know, maybe as much as the Big 12 in general, but – what do we got today? We got, we're talking about guys we thought could actually do something in the pros because of their college career and what they thought they could do. So as we talk about this, I'm going to start with Penn State, the lovely state I live in because I got to hear about it all the time. I want to start with some of the guys we thought were going to get it done, didn't it? So obviously, Ty Blackledge beat Georgia, basically won the de facto national championship in the 80s, had a cup of coffee with Casey and the Steelers, and he was done. Not sure what happened there. Hell of a broadcaster, but didn't quite make it right. Uh, and then we got Curtis Enos and Kajana Carter. Remember those two guys?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So that's they got drafted by the Bengals.
1: And Curtis Ennis right. from
0: not far from Dayton, I grew up. So
1: that's right. So both them guys had games. I mean, some of them had. Uh, was it Kajana Carter had knee injuries, but. Yeah, you know, it just didn't happen, and then I'm really going to blast this one. Courtney Brown, one of the most dominant defensive ends you ever thought. Looked like Tarzan plays like Jane. Huge bust for the Browns. It was their second pick when they first – first pick in the draft from their second year back in the back in the league. Just, just a disaster. And then I'm going to throw another one on there, LeVar Arrington. Remember when he was at Penn State? Everybody had him in the Hall of Fame already before he even played an NFL snap. Remember that?
0: I mean, he was a beast. I saw him playing person; it was crazy. He made one of the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah, all the talent in the world didn't do nothing in the NFL. Rumor was was him is he just wanted to roam and uh, you know not follow any right. teams or anything. And uh, his counterpart, Brandon Short, ended up having a nice year in the NFL. I mean, nice career in the NFL. He made some money and was a pretty good player for a while. Remember him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he was good. He just wasn't. He wasn't the flashy one. He wasn't the super athletic one like uh, like LeVar Arrington was. So now, the more I think about this list of athletes we're talking about, it's worth noting that how much of it has to do with being drafted by the Bengals and Browns. What do you think about that? Yeah, that probably didn't help anything. Probably didn't help anything. Guys
0: that were super talented in college getting drafted by Bengals and Browns, and then all of a sudden they go going to the abyss and the careers. Then they all of a sudden they end up as NFL draft bust. You know, talk about them in different podcasts that we're doing right now. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. Hopefully it won't happen this year. We'll go to Joe Burrow. Um, I think I think this could be different this time around, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, it could. I'm going to throw some Michigan shade out there just for you. Uh, Tim Biakabatuka, back in the uh, ancient days when Michigan used to actually beat Ohio State, Matuka had 313 rushing yards against Ohio State in a, in a time far, far away. Uh, just didn't just didn't translate. I was kind of surprised by that, weren't you? I thought he'd do a little bit better, to be honest with you. But, I mean, I don't know if he
0: was necessarily like a three-down back. You know, it could be on the field the whole time. I'm not sure about it, but um, I don't know. I thought I, I did. I did think he'd do better. I did not like when he was in his college. I was a fan of him when he was at Michigan. You know, he went out there, he had a huge game against Ohio State. He just, um, just didn't turn out for him, and I don't, I don't really know why. I don't know how it all worked out how how that really happened. I guess it was, maybe it was just a situation he was
1: in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. A lot of times it could be the situation. Then I'm going to go. I'm going to keep the shade in the Big Ten. Charles Rogers, Michigan State, second overall pick by the Lions. I thought he was going to be a star. He had like 23 touchdowns in two seasons at Michigan State, or 26 or something crazy. Won all the awards at receiver. You're an ex-receiver. What's your take on Charles Rogers? More off the field, right? I
0: mean, yeah, he had more off the field. He couldn't. He just couldn't keep it together as far as that. I thought he was a great player at Michigan State. I just thought that he would he would be able to make a translate to NFL. I thought he was perfect kind of combination of size and speed. And he and he went out, he made plays, and I don't know. It just, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. I don't know if because he was in Detroit or what. Maybe it was bad for him to be close to his hometown. I have no idea, you know. It is, for whatever reason, what he did, the match he had at Michigan State and just did not translate whatsoever to, um, to the NFL at all.
1: Yeah. And like I said, there's so many players that don't make it. The NFL is a different game. It's an inexact science on who's going to make it. You can look at the measurables and all that stuff, but you know, there's still some that shock us uh, staying in the big Ten, Lawrence Phillips. I think this was more an off the field issue too, with issues he had. I mean, I watched a yeah, documentary him. on him on Netflix. It was just must viewing. I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's just sad what happened with him and his career and, and everything. And, you know, it's just unfortunate as far as things. He was athletically, he was talented, and you know, it just didn't, it just did not work out for him at all. You know, he ended up being in jail. Then you did he commit suicide? Or? They, they
1: don't know. Uh, they, that's what they say. But the like this documentary I watch and stuff like that. There's a lot of people who think he didn't. Uh, that, that whole story, I forget the name of it. I forget the name of the documentary, but I'm sure you can Google and it, look it up. Netflix. I'm telling you, it's a must-watch. Definitely worth seeing. Oh, I got no, I'll, I'll definitely, i definitely check that out for sure. Yeah, that's definitely worth watching. And then, uh, let's see. Uh, how about the Bengals uh, with Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner, seven average seasons? I can't say it's a total bust, but when you two live, win two Heisman trophies, I think there's a lot of expectations that come with that, and I just think it didn't live up to it. What do you think? Now, the they're, Bengals they're, the they're,
0: Archie? I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of expectations with of that. Uh, I, do, I do think that you could probably protest that second Heisman Trophy. I think Walter Payton had a chance of getting that. He's happened to be at a smaller school. But I don't sure anybody really was paying attention to Walter Payton back in the day. But, you know, uh, besides that, though, yeah, Archie Griffin, yeah, it could have been expectations. could have been, you know, the name brand of being the only two-time Heisman Trophy winner. And all of that, and it could have been with the Bengals. I think back then, though, I think the Bengals are. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl in what was it eighty? Was it eighty two, or something like that? I can't remember. I know I'm, that's not me being a good.
1: Yeah, a that's good not good. Fan. You should know that. I, I can't think on the yeah. top of the heads. I know you want Bengals in ninety. They went to another one eighty two or something like that. Yeah, Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson. Anderson that's right. Yeah, I forget the exact
0: yeah. year. So yeah, so I'm not. I'm not quite the stat guy you are when it comes to being, being a fan. So all Bengals fans out there, don't hate me. Don't jump me. I apologize. I do remember seeing Super Bowl 23 and Jerry Russell, John Taylor, tearing Bengals up in the second half. It hurt my feelings, but you know, I was you would think Archie Griffin would have done a little bit better, but you know, I didn't actually get a chance to watch him play. So I can't say whose fault it really was that he wasn't a success.
1: Yeah. That's kind of before our time, but, uh, yeah, just kind of kind of shocking, I guess. Uh, no, I'm going to go with the ultimate combine bus, the guy who just destroys the measurables, Vernon Goldston from Ohio State, defense then. He was a projected, I think, second-round pick, and then he went to the combine and blew the numbers away, and it made him a top pick of the Jets. Uh, and you know what? Sometimes, you know, you can have all the measurables in the world, and – Football ain't your game. What do you think?
0: That's true. I mean, uh, some guys, are just like I said, their athletic ability can cover up a lot of things. But I don't know what, what didn't translate for him. I don't know if he just didn't have it upstairs as far as the scheme. Because if anything, he was a defensive end. I mean, if he goes out there and if he passes the quarterback, you know, he's athletic enough to make plays like that. So I don't know what his deal was. I don't know if he wasn't a run stopper. I don't know if he didn't get the scheme. I don't know if he didn't just, you know, I don't know, didn't just stick his position and play his game. I'm not sure. But either way, definitely did not translate. He's definitely a big bust, you know, in my eyes. because well, he, looked, he looked like an NFL player. He looked like a defensive man, that, he could, that In college, he could
1: play. So I don't know what happened. Well, this is why they do the combine, because if you just look at the physical ability, he should have been able to do it all. Rush the passer, stop the run. It should have been everything. But I think at the highest levels, you just got to want to play the game. I mean, you ever play with them guys who just think too much, man? You just got to go, particularly defensive end. So, you just got to play, man. You got to have instincts. Uh, But it's still, to me, that one was shocking, especially playing at Ohio State and getting the coaching and playing at the highest level like you did. Uh, Shocking. So, uh Another one that was off the field, more problems. Ryan Leaf. I I actually thought he was going to be a star.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I mean, he was out in the west coast, out there at Washington State. Um, after seeing everything with him, I'm not surprised that didn't work out. He this mean, he had a big arm. He's big, you know, big dude, like six five, six six, cannon for an arm. You know, the typical Washington State quarterback like him and Drew Bre- or Drew Bledsoe. Um, you know, you think back to Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning. You know, were numbers. You know, one and two in the draft. You know, and just think Ryan Leaf almost went number one. You know, so I don't know. He just didn't have didn't have the his life together outside of football to be successful. And you know, if you're quarterback, you gotta you have to have that. You can't really. I'm trying to think of any quarterbacks that have kind of just not quite had together and still were successful in the league. Yeah, I, I really can't think of too many. That could that could pull it off. Maybe Joe Namath, where he was hanging out, kicking it hard, and so it'll, it'll go out there and, and make plays like that. Yeah, and, and Kenny Stabler, yeah. that's back in the day.
1: Kenny Stabler, <laughs> yeah. They used to have to pull him out of the bar, I heard, with the sun up on game day. Serious. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what? Well, I want to keep everybody in mind, too. This is our list of people we thought we could play good, not who is the biggest bust. Because Jamarcus Russell right. probably is the biggest boss, but I didn't think he was going to be that good. So that's why I don't have him on my list.
0: Right. I know for me, like someone that I, I loved watching in college or, or whatever when he played, uh, Rocket Ismail. That dude, to me, went out and he made plays. He reminded me of Desmond Howard. You know, those dudes were exciting when they played. You know, anytime he got the ball in his hands, he could take to the house. And for him, to me, just never he never translated it into the NFL. I know he played for multiple teams for multiple years in the NFL, and he really
1: probably made more of a mark in the CFL. Well, but the, the, I just thought he would make more of it. This, this is a unique yeah. situation because, if I remember this correctly, this was one of the last times the CFL like competed with the NFL money-wise, probably like their last big splash move. And he right. went to the CFL because they offered him a lot of money. I I think he's the last player of that kind of caliber and status, right? That went to Canada when the Canada was you know somewhat competing, you know, with those big players. And he went right. to Canada, right. so for him, you know, That's to like, say he's yeah. a and he played for a while. I understand what you're saying because in college he did it all. You know, he's just one of the great players. Like, right. you know, I can right. even say that, like, about Desmond Howard of Michigan. I mean, if you take away his Super Bowl two-kick returns, you know, he had a really lackluster co- career right. compared to what he did in college. You know what I mean? And I, I, I almost put him on the list.
0: You know, the fact that he got a Super Bowl MVP kept me from putting him on the list. But, like, that's it. The rest of his career, and I'm a Desmond Howard fan. You know, it was kind of lackluster. But, you know, I get it. Uh, someone else I had on my list was Vince Young. This young was all everything in Texas. He's won for his whole life. Even the first his rookie season at Tennessee, he's showing signs of winning. But I think some off the field issues got him as well, and he just went downhill quick. I think he would have been better off maybe with some of these uh some of these offense coordinators now. They're kind of building their offense around their talent. You know, kind of like what the Ravens are doing with um with Lamar Jackson and trying to utilize his best his best assets you know, to their advantage overall. Even what the Carolina Panthers did with Cam Newton um, and what the Redskins did initially with um, with Robert Griffin III. But, um, you know, I thought he'd be able to make more of an impact in the NFL than what he did.
1: Yeah, Vince Young, I mean, had one of the most incredible games you'll ever see in the Rose Bowl. It could be the single best college <laughs> college performance beating that USC team almost. I mean, football's a team game, but let's face yeah. it, he was a one-man
0: show. Uh, he probably should have won the Heisman Trophy. I mean.
1: Yeah, he definitely think, should have. Yeah.
0: Because he he was Texas. You know, USC had like a lot of star power out there, but he was Texas. He still won his back, especially in the National Championship game.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only other season I can think of that was so one man dominant was probably Cam Newton with Auburn his one year there. Uh right. You know that, and then probably before our time
0: a little bit, maybe a little bit Barry Sanders. Yeah, back in the day.
1: Yeah, definitely. But I would say two two of the seasons were like it was like one guy was like ridiculous. Vince Young and Cam Newton. Uh yeah. I think. Uh, I, I don't know. If I thought Vince Young, and I don't know if coaching would have fixed his problem, I actually thought the Titans were running some offense that he would work with. I mean, wasn't he rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year? Uh, I I
0: think I think he was. I think he's one of those guys that he uh, was caught up in the in the lifestyle NFL lifestyle a little too hard, like Johnny Manziel. I don't think he put as much time into the playbook. I think he's spending a little bit of time partying and, and you know off the field, which is fine if you can balance it, but. A lot of times, you're NFL quarterback trying to be a leader in the face of the franchise. It's hard to do.
1: Yeah, so a lot of these guys, when we say they didn't turn out how we thought, it might you know, there's a lot of factors off the field that prevent people from doing that. I mean, he still has made some poor decisions. I mean, he's such a Texas legend. They gave him a hundred grand job at the university, probably just basically to hang out because of what he's done for the university, and he had to go get a DUI and stuff. So, I mean. I read where he's totally broke. It's just kind of a sad story, you know. A lot of talent there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, another name I had on my list. I didn't really watch him play, but Brian Bosworth. You know, you had the the star power in his Oklahoma. Uh, you know, he had the Boz, You know, the moniker, the the alter ego. You know, he probably got endorsements and everything. He Seattle signed into like a ten year contract, but he did have a lot of steroid use, and he was basically out of the NFL after two seasons after being drafted. So, I mean, that's crazy to be – that he was a great college player too. But, you know, I'm, I'm supposed the steroids have something to do with it. <laughs> and back in those times in the in the, the mid-'80s, you know, steroids were running rampant everywhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> the alter
1: ego was the injection. Yeah. But you know what? It's funny. Like, back then, everybody's taking it. Like, my first boss, you know, he played linebacker for Youngstown State, and he told me when he was – lifting weights and stuff back then they just gave you the pills there right there in the weight room like here you go you know it was legal back then you know this is a long time ago but you know that right. stuff went on all the time so yep. and and, and wouldn't it wouldn't be fair if we didn't if I didn't bring this one up I'm gonna crush Brady Quinn on this podcast today you know <laughs> not, be, not just because I hate Notre Dame but because I truly thought he was going to save the Browns. And remember me and, and you were there yeah, that Thursday night against start. Denver. So we're there. Yeah. <laughs> we're hype, We're on there. The stadium, I never – I mean, Cleveland Browns Stadium goes wild. But when Brady Quinn came out, the kid from Columbus, Ohio, to come out and save this franchise, right? And have you ever – remember how crazy that crowd was? You were, like, filming it and stuff. Like, people were hyped. We're like, things are going to turn around. You know, at Notre Dame, I thought his game translated perfectly the NFL because he had inferior talent and still was putting up huge numbers against big schools and big games. And what a bust. Now, there's no doubt the Browns are chaotic and change offenses all the time and stuff like that, but he also did get other chances in, like, Kansas City and stuff, and it never happened for him. But – yeah, right, I'm killing right. Brady Quinn. Come on, dude. Come on, man. You could have been the man. Yeah, I was so excited. It just didn't happen. What do you think?
0: No, I, I agree. I agree. He could have. I thought he was going to make it happen. I thought he was going to be the face of the franchise. You could tell when I was there that, for that first game, like everybody in the city was on board. They had faith in you know, the hometown, Ohio kids coming in to be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. And, yeah, it was just, it was was just it was a downer for sure. And then because, you know, I'm partial
1: partial of Browns, I'm going to bring in on Justin Gilbert. Come on, dude. And you know what? I don't know why. You know what? (laughs) This is more of the Browns than me. Like, who drafts a top pick in the NFL draft, a D-back that plays in the Big 12? Are you kidding me? Has anybody ever covered anybody in the Big 12 in the last 30 years? Anybody, I feel like I could go on a Big Twelve field right now. If I went out for a pattern, I'd be wide open, right? I mean, yeah, drafts a D back from the Big (laughs) Twelve in the top ten of the draft. So what? He was defensive player of the month. That's like winning the like. I don't know. Come on, man. What do you think?
0: Nah, I I I agree, man. That that's a tough pick.
1: (laughs) Now here's another one. Trent Richardson, I thought he was the real deal. All right. I, man, yeah, I, when he came from Alabama, they were showing highlights on Twitter yesterday on ESPN, him breaking ankles and stuff like that. Where was that, bro? Where was it? Where, what, what happened? I mean, I know he had off the field stuff and his story is well documented now because he did the interview on ESPN and everything and he's totally broke. But, uh, what did you think about Trent Richardson? I thought he was going to be the man. I, I, didn't think, I honestly didn't think
0: it was be the man. I didn't know. I mean, I thought he could be a bruising-type running back and grind it out, but it has never really worked out for him. I thought he'd be faster. I mean, you know, he was quicker and everything. You know, he's kind of like the shorter, stocky build, super strong, could squat like 750 pounds or something crazy, but – Man, yeah, I don't,
1: I, I don't know. You watch some highlight films, man, of him at Alabama. You know what I think it is? Saban wears them guys out at Alabama.
0: I agree. I think he he maximizes their utility. He maximizes their talent when they're in college, and then they have they have no ceiling when they get to the NFL. He maximizes everything they have when they're in college, and then sends them. Yeah, and then that's like, that's like, oh no, but yeah, go ahead. No, I feel like that's what he does with a lot of those players there. So, no, go ahead. You're good.
1: No, and because I'm fired up, I'm going to end up on one more. Johnny effing football. Come on. <laughs> come on. You could have been a legend. You know, you're a Texas legend. You could have been an Ohio legend. You could have owned the two football states. You could have been the man. Uh, I actually thought he could have excelled because of the way he torched Alabama and some of them good teams in college that nobody else could. And when right. he said, let's go wreck this league. I didn't know he meant wreck the CFL and cause all the problems up there. I mean, come on, man. This dude will never yeah. play ball again. I mean, he no, no he,
0: he's he looks
1: like a skinny little dude. Like, oh man, I guess I don't know. Like, what I'm, I'm done with Johnny football. D- tell me, <laughs> <I'll> finish up. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I'm done with Johnny football, too. He had his opportunity. It's come and gone. You know, I think he came across as kind of a spoiled rich kid, and he got caught up in the life. Got caught up in the whole Johnny Football moniker. You know, doing his money signs all the time and everything. Well, now he's he's pretty much just hanging out on social media. I wonder what he's going to do next. He's lucky that he comes from a family that um, did very well in the oil business. So that's my thoughts on him. i actually have two more names to put on this list. One. I did like him as quarterback back in the day when he was at Notre Dame, uh, Rick Meyer. I thought he was great. Like watching him play. I remember watching him play on Saturdays. His game just didn't translate on Sundays in the NFL. Um, he was number two, number two pick overall in 1993. He's one of, he, he ended up being in the league for, I think, like seven or eight years. But he's a journey of a quarterback for sure. And then lastly, we're going back to someone that the Bengals drafted. He came from Free Shoes University at Florida State. Is Peter Warwick. Yeah, I remember. Consistent, yeah. Yep. Yeah, consensus All-American won all the awards, but came out. He never had more than like 650 yards receiving in a season. I think he only played like three seasons with the Bengals and then tried to sign with the, the Seahawks. Didn't work out. Then he start going to arena ball and ended up just not showing up. You know, for different arena ball teams, for different you know, CFL teams where he was released. Uh, he tried to play for some team like the Bloomington Extreme in the Indoor Football League. Only played one season, and he tried to play for the Cincinnati Commandos, which I have friends who play for the Commandos. Never played a game for them either. So I mean, <laughs> he just, with what he was at Florida State, I thought that he would have his game would have translated translated better in the NFL. I think one thing that probably hurt him that he was able to master at Florida State is he was quick and he he ran good routes and everything, but he was not the fastest guy. I think he had a hard time um, gaining separation in the NFL from individuals from the DBs. So I think that was the thing that hurt him most, as far as that. And plus, he played a little bit soft too. So those two combined, when you try to play receiver in the NFL, it's really going to go against you when you're trying to get separation. So He, he, was, a big, he
1: was a big time gamer, but I just think uh, I think his speed was a little suspect, and you got to have it at the next level.
0: You have to. Or or you have to run great routes, or and you have to have that burst, which that's what I thought he had. I thought he had that burst, like, coming off the line, getting in and out of cuts. I thought was, he was more quick than fast, honestly, like Braxton Miller, you know, that went to Ohio State, the playing receiver in the league right now. I think he's more quick than fast, but he's able to get separation, and Peter Warwick couldn't. That's because I think Braxton Miller is stronger than Peter Warwick, and, you know, I think that makes a difference in the NFL.
1: Yeah, so. and uh, I would say the what we've learned from this talk is uh, if you get drafted by the Bengals and Browns, Godspeed. I wish you all the best. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, you know what? All right, so, you know, we'll talk about it later on. We'll talk about it later. All right, let's talk about this. The The last dance, documentary, Chicago Bulls, the final championship season, episodes three and four came on this past, this past weekend. What do you think about this?
1: Oh, uh, what I thought about it is Carmen Electra still looks good, boy. Oh man, I always <laughs> liked her. And she still looks good at 48 years old, the former Tara Patrick of Cincinnati. She's still good. Still good. So that's
0: uh, funny. I know. She, she is she's for Alley, dude. Ride for rally Your people.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh I was <laughs> glad to see that. Um what was it? I see TMZ that uh, I was read, reading through TMZ's website. Yeah, I gotta check it out. I don't care. I'm not embarrassed by it. And <laughs> in the last dance, she had like there was like 1.5 million searches for her the following day, following a couple days or something like that on Pornhub looking for Carmen Electra. <laughs> <laughs> crazy uh that's funny not surprising but funny Not surprising. Funny. funny yeah she still got it good for her but uh right yeah I thought it was excellent because you got the Rodman story which is crazy I mean everybody lo- I-, I loved us Rodman dude I mean he was a player and he was kind of ahead of his time man you know accepting other people that were you know not necessarily accepted back then he just did his right. thing and uh Definitely, yeah, the mean, Hall of Fame, you know, with the five titles and all the awards he's won and the impact he's had on games. Uh yeah, I mean, what do you well, think?
0: You and you heard him say, he's like, you know, he had his however you grew up, his mom basically was like, you know, you're not doing anything, he kicked him out, you know, lived homeless basically for two years. Someone ran said, Hey, you want to come play ball at this um junior college? He's like, Yeah, sure, why not? You know, so he went out and did his thing. He said he got to the NBA. And he realized when he was there, he said, all right, I'm going to be best at playing defense and rebounding being the hustle guy. So I'm going to go out and perfect that. So he wasn't even worried about playing, you know, offense. He like, all right, this one, dude, stick in the league. I'm going to be the best that I can at it. And he's actually, like Jordan said, like he's probably one of the smartest basketball players you can play with. But, you know, not everybody can handle everything that comes along with Dennis Rodman off the court. And it sounds like the Bulls were, kind of willing to let let Robin be Robin. Now, I'm surprised that he let him go to Vegas when, you know, when Pippen came back from the injury and everything, and he's like, I need a vacation. And Phil Jackson gave him 48 hours, and Jordan was against it because he knew that it, he wouldn't be back in 48 hours. And he said he went straight to Vegas. And there's no telling what happened when he was in Vegas. Can you imagine being in Vegas with Dennis Rodman?
1: Oh, Honestly. those would have been the times right there. That would have been <laughs> –
0: in absolute craziness! Like I would have, there's no way you could hang out. There's you couldn't keep up with him. Nah. Just
1: everything that he'd be doing. There's just no way. Can you imagine <laughs> with today's social media and stuff, following him around, dude? It'd be must watch, dude. He would have more followers <laughs> than anybody. LeBron, all of them. If he was playing yeah. today, doing all that stuff. But, yeah, it's great. I thought the funny part was you need to go let Jordan know you need a vacation. Like, Phil Jackson wasn't even going to go to Jordan and be like, hey, Rodman needs a vacation. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything went to Jordan. Like, it's crazy. I'm surprised that Phil Jackson talked Michael Jordan in the end of the triangle offense. Oh, uh, Jordan wanted to win.
1: Players back then seemed more coachable. Even a guy like a Jordan stature. I mean. Right. When Phil Jackson was president next, he was trying to implement the triangle offense with Carmelo Anthony. And you know, Carmelo Anthony didn't, didn't listen to nobody, and that's why he's never won nothing and never did nothing, and why his team's won more games when he was hurt. But uh, it was just a different time, you know what I mean? Uh, right, right, you know, players, I think you know, you always had to start players to do what they're going to want. But you know what? One thing I learned about this documentary, too, is uh, not not to go off the triangle offense, but uh, players genuinely disliked each other back then. Like it wasn't banana boat garbage we got today where everybody's buddies and everything's bigger in basketball. Sorry, LeBron, I got to call it out. I love you. You want us a title, but I'm tired of all that. Like, man, back then, (laughs) yeah, players didn't like each other, dude. Jordan and Isaiah Thomas still hate each other. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, you can tell
0: when, when uh, we you know when the Pistons walk off the court and they're talking about Isaiah and what well, they have still done it today. And he's like, you know, something be done back in the day is just what happened then. And Jordan you can tell still was like, no, like that. You know, he doesn't mean that. He's he just seen the backups that came from it since then. But you know, he still would do it. You know, he wouldn't change any of that. Well, So you can tell Jordan has a dislike for, for Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons. Well, I did love that.
1: all the backlash it's causing just overall, this documentary. Like Bill Lambeer coming out and saying LeBron's the best ever. And you know what? You could argue that, but you got to remember when Isaiah Thomas and Lambeer are saying stuff like this, you got to keep in mind they all got ulterior motives. They do not like Jordan. So they love going on TV and saying LeBron's better, whether they believe it or not, you know what I mean? Like I said, right. I was saying Jordan's the fourth best player he played against. Okay, whatever. But, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just crazy. And then, like, I don't know, you know, they talked about the Cavs because in 1989 the Cavs were the up-and-coming team. They beat the Bulls six times that year. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um, yep. Can
1: he believe that they didn't have Ryan
0: Harper guarding Jordan and Craig Elo. Well, uh, he was about- Harper is the better guy. So Harper representing Dayton, Ohio. What's up? So there's
1: a lot of stuff coming out about that. Yeah, Ron Harper, yes, he is. But uh, there's a lot. You see him in hammer jacks all the time. Hammer jacks. Yeah. But Craig Elo was a defender and stuff back then. You know, bringing Ron Harper on that documentary, say he wanted to cover Jordan. The players are saying nobody remembers that. And Kent, Craig Elo said he don't remember Ron Harper wanting to play any defense when he was with the Cavs. So, you know, that just came out the other day. There was an article about Craig Elo responding to that. So I love how this, the, I love the competitiveness back then because these guys still can't stand each other and doing all this stuff. You know what I mean? That would never happen right. in today's game where everything's bigger than basketball, blah, blah, blah. But they had a boat floating around, whatever. You know, back then, I, now, now I remember why I fell in love with the NBA when I was a kid, man. It was brutal.
0: Yeah, you know, you know who would fit in well with the with the NBA back then is Chris Paul. Because that dude will do anything to get wins. He'll play it dirty, he'll he'll throw an elbow on somebody, he doesn't care. He's he's a little the punk on the court, like he's he's that dude. Off court, nice dude, but on the court, he'll do whatever it takes to win. Yeah, even though
1: he was on the banana boat too, but I will say there are some players that are kind of bringing that back. Like the Greek freak, he ain't training with no one. You know, I know his story where LeBron asked him to come train. He's like, I don't want to train with you, man. You're the competition. You know what I mean? So, And then, you know, you had the beef between James Harden and Giannis earlier, you know, where they're talking. So I like to see that stuff. So there are some players out there like that. But, you know, it, right. it ain't nothing like it was between the Celtics – Pistons and Bulls and Cavs back in the day. I mean, yeah, yeah you had no, Lakers no. there, but the West was kind of weak. The action was in the East. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's just
0: crazy. It's crazy to see how to go back to it. You know, everything that – especially this last season, like you didn't think about everything the Bulls were trying to – the, the Bulls had to navigate through in order to get that championship. The fact that Jerry Krause was announcing that Phil Jackson is not coming back. After this season. And then Michael Jordan saying that if Phil Jackson isn't back, I'm not coming back. So, yeah. you know, it's just crazy that, you know, just even that part of it
1: where they're talking about management and coaching and all of that. Hold on. Hey, hold on. Hey, your mic faded out. No, there you go. Now you're back.
0: That's right. Caden came downstairs. He's asked for something in the middle of the podcast. So, what's up, buddy? Yeah, your mic was fading. Uh, almost. Give me a little bit. Okay. All right. So, everybody. Seeing everybody seeing us on Delta's podcast yet? No, nope, we have a little bit more to go. So that's all right. I think I faded from the from the mic because I sat back in my seat away from my phone. So hopefully leaning forward, you can still hear me and we'll be good. But um, but yeah, man. No, it's kind of just crazy how how it all went down and just the politics that were going on. You know, with everything. And honestly, even with Phil Jackson getting the job, you know, and not Doug Collins, because Jordan was a Doug Collins fan. You know, he didn't he didn't want Collins to get fired, but Phil Jackson fell more in line with Tex Winter, who was Jerry Krause's guy. And Jerry Krause wanted everything to kind of run Tex Winter's – everything to run through Tex Winter's offense, which is the triangle offense. So.
1: Yeah, and the I whole know. Krause dynamic was great. You've seen that a lot in the first two episodes. The You know, he was the – short, fat guy that was always picked on, they said, and he was in a position of power. But I'll tell you what, you know, as much heat as he got, I think everybody was willing team. Everybody was willing to accept the fact that he made the moves to make them a championship team. So there's right. no denying that. Right. I actually looked him up because he was on the documentary. I didn't realize he died back in 2017, and Tex yeah. Winter died in 2018. So that's why you didn't really see them in the documentary. I didn't know that.
0: Right. I mean, I think it would be great to, you know, that is unfortunate. I think it would be great to have, you know, Jerry Krause's perspective, you know, just throughout this whole thing. Because obviously, like him and a player, had a certain dynamic where Pippen and Jordan didn't like Krause. No one liked Krause, it sounded like, but he put the right players in place. And Jerry Ronshore kept him and put play- as the general manager because obviously he was putting the talent together to win championships.
1: Yeah. And so. Jordan has the final say on everything in this documentary. And if, uh, Krause had his say in this documentary. You know, I'd love to hear what he had to say, but whatever he had to say, I'm assuming Jordan probably would not have approved it rele- its release.
0: That's probably true. That's, that's another thing. Like, I, I wondered that, too. Like, even if Jerry Krause wasn't going to say something, would Jordan have released it at that point in time or, or not? Because now everybody that's in the documentary is pretty much on the same side, you know, in an agreement on everything. And I'm surprised they even let Isaiah the in the documentary, to be honest with you.
1: Well, the rumor, you know, Jordan has the last say on everything. He got a pre-screening. So it isn't a true documentary because one, the main protagonist has final say over it. and You know, so there are some qu- rural questions about the validity of actual journalism in this. I mean, it tells the story. It's great viewing, but it's definitely not objective. This is a Jordan-approved production. Uh, yeah, I agree with that agree. it is entertaining, though. Yes, <laughs> it yeah, is entertaining. yeah, it's great. I, I love it. I, I'm I'm as into it as everybody else. It's great.
0: Yeah. So, um, what do thing about, like, some of the players talking about, like, when Jordan won that first championship, he was crying and showing how excited he was. seeing that was really the first time they had seen those kind of emotions from him. You know, they always seemed like the angry, upset, driven Jordan that's trying to win championships. And they didn't know really how to even react to him even having those other emotions after winning it. How crazy is that?
1: Oh, it is. I mean, it was competitive times. I mean, you know, Jordan came out. uh, It was Bird and Magic's league. He was tired of hearing about how good and Bird and Magic was. And like you said, winning that first title finally got him with those guys. And obviously, he would go on to surpass their greatness. But I think he was tired of – being in their shadow, which he was until he won that title. Yeah, he was the scoring champ, but everybody knows in sports when you're the star player, you are judged on titles. That's that's it, right? Yeah. Yep. Look at Barkley. Yeah. I love Barkley too, but he didn't, he never got one.
0: Yep. No, I agree. I agree. So now I'm excited for the next two episodes. And see how those see how those turn out and see see what it's even gonna be about. I didn't see what the next two I didn't see what the topics were for those next two episodes. So it should be interesting.
1: Yeah, it should. And we should see more of Rodman's girlfriends too. Let's bring it back. <laughs>
0: yeah, between Carmelitcher and Madonna. I'm sure there's plenty, plenty of them that are out there. I'm I sure read I read his books
1: back when they came out back in the nineties when he released the books and his tell alls. It's good stuff. I'd love yeah, to I'm hear sure Madonna's not- perspective. Yeah, I'm
0: sure there's not too many dull moments.
1: (laughs) No, no, there wasn't.
0: So, all right. Next. What is the best steak from a fast food chain? Where do you go? Where's your go-to?
1: Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, This is our uh, balling on a budget segment. This is when you got to have steak, but you got about 20 bucks in your pocket, maybe 30 just maybe 30 tip maybe yeah yeah, yeah. So, maybe 30 you, know, <laughs> you got a couple of dollars in your pocket remember when you're looking at that menu you still gotta have about 15 percent per tip even though some people don't do that which is horrible if you don't tip you're a horrible person i'll just go out there and say it. yeah you need to tip people that's <laughs> americans culture i don't care if you're from europe or what you need to tip people over here so uh you know man this was tough uh you know, we talked about this. We're like, I think we're kind of in agreement on this. Uh, I'm going to do – I love the Outback Steakhouse. I mean, there's over 700 locations. The good thing about the Outback Steakhouse is if you're craving a cheap steak of some kind, there's one in the area. There's Outbacks everywhere, right? <laughs> True. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Agree. 100%. 100%. So instead of going to some diner in New Jersey or Pennsylvania because the diners is a big thing out here, and you don't know what the hell you're eating on your plate because every diner has some kind of steak that you drench in A one sauce so you can choke it down for fifteen dollars. But <laughs> yeah, so at least at the Outback, I know I'm getting cow beef as opposed to God knows what else is going on. So. What do you think about the Outback? Is that on your list? Outback
0: is 100% on my list. I am a ribeye steak guy. I know a lot of people that like their fillets, all this stuff. They say it's the most tender meat, blah, 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 whatever else. I like a big ribeye with fat on it that's cooked right. That I don't have to use uh, steak sauce on. Um, I can just have some garlic butter put on there. That's my flavoring with whatever season I have on the steak itself. And I think Outback is a solid spot. Plus, they have you know, good extras to go along with it, whether it's a loaded baked potato. I usually get the loaded uh, mashed potatoes if I go there. And the Bloomin' Onion salad too. So I'm not mad about it. And I like their ranch with their salad.
1: Yes, the best part about the Outback is, like, it is where you go when you have put your diet on the back burner. Like, this is, like, post having a few drinks for, like, Man, I'll tell you, like it's the bloomin' onion, and they'll actually cook you a burger (laughs) or a steak and put bloomin' onion on it. You can put anything you want on the Outback steak. You can put crab meat on it. Like they have all the options. They'll scatter it. You can get anything. So Outback, like, yeah, it's it's a good go-to. So I'm gonna throw another one out there. I have a particular love of the Texas Roadhouse. I love it because they got those whatever them biscuits are whatever they do with them buttery biscuit things they got it like the yeah. cinnamon butter oh man it's heavenly so you start off on a good foot and you can eat a lot of those and fill up if you don't have a lot of money in your pocket cuz they'll just start putting them in front of you you can actually fill up on those with a drink and call it a day right that's true yeah, yeah for sure yeah so shits, is things are real tight you know you got to got to got to go with that so then uh, but you know what I like? Texas, they, they got good. They got a good prime rib. And my favorite on a budget is the roadkill. That's where they cover the steak <laughs> and all kinds of like gravy and stuff. And you don't even know what kind of steak you're eating. And they actually call it the roadkill. So you know what you're getting. It's cool. They ain't hiding it. They're letting you know it's roadkill.
0: <laughs> so I, I think for me, I have to stay away from that. But no, uh, you you will go for stuff like that. So I'll let you handle it, and I'll let you be the one to to stick with eating that for sure.
1: So what's what do you
0: like? <laughs> what do you like at that spot? What's what are you, you, you okay? With? I, honestly, like yeah, I, I don't go there often. Uh, but when I have, like I said I'm, I'm a ribeye guy. You know they have solid ribeye. I, like I said, I love the biscuits. The biscuits are good. Um, like I said, I've been there. It's probably been over a year since I've been to uh, Texas Roadhouse. So. Overall, though, I mean, like I so you're trying to go and ball in a budget, get a solid steak, and, you know, have a good experience with the buttery biscuits. Like I so it has a little cinnamon butter on it, so it has a little sweetness to it. You know, it, it's pretty solid. And, oh, you know, yeah,
1: and they're so soft, dude. They, like, melt in your mouth. And yeah. I'll tell you what, they actually have a pretty good drink menu. Their drinks are actually pretty good. So, yep, yep. Yeah, and I'm a tough critic when it comes to that stuff. I watch a lot of Bar Rescue. They're <laughs> actually pretty good, man.
0: Uh, I I will try it out. i will try it out. If I had more more drinks at Longhorn, which is another another restaurant we're gonna put on the list here, uh versus Texas Roadhouse. Usually we'll go to Nashville to visit Elena's sister uh down there and my brother down there. i uh, usually they'll usually go shop at Target and when they do that I'll go to Longhorn, hang out and have a couple of beverages while they're doing that. So um yeah, that, that's a it's place to go. Good steak. Like I said, I get my ribeye whenever I go there. It's good, good baked potatoes, good rolls, you know, good salad. Um, you know, solid menu overall. And you know, like I said, I like going to places where I can eat a steak and not have, have steak sauce with it. So I usually eat my steaks medium. And um, you know, they do it well. They do it right. So I'm with Dane as far as these these three uh, three restaurants as far as uh, the best steaks
1: for um, chain restaurants. i uh, Dane. You might have another one to throw on the list. I'm gonna do throwback Ponderosa. Now, I did not know. Yeah, yeah. 54 locations still. I haven't had Ponderosa since, oh, man, I went to – my job sent me to Richmond, Virginia for two weeks, and I pull up the – I'm going to the hotel, right? And yep. uh, I think I was staying in Ashland, Virginia, or something like that. This is like, oh, about seven years ago now. That's how long it's been. And I seen a Ponderosa in the mouth start watering, dude. Oh man, they got the buffet. They used to do the all-you-eat steak. I wanted to rush that buffet for like two weeks because I thought I would never see one again and I haven't since.
0: Nope. Oh. Nope. I said, I think the last time I had one at my old job, I think it was around 2016, 2017, there's always Ponderosa that was right there in the corner. Right there in the Tri County area, north side of Cincinnati, and we're always like, you yeah, know, we should go there for lunch one day. Let's check it out and see what it's all about and everything. See this is how we remembered it, it looked like when we were kids. And so we went in there, and what they LSA say is, is great people watching. So it, they finally closed it down. They shut it down at this point in time now. But when we were there, great people watching. Uh, went for the went for the um, the buffet as before. The chicken, the fried chicken, still solid. I'm not mad about it. Everything else probably suspect, but the chicken wings i will go eat again. So oh, the chicken
1: either. wings are so good, dude. I- I'll tell you what. I actually want to buy a Ponderosa franchise and open it where I'm at just so I can eat there every day. Like, <laughs> I think if I put one here, I mean, there's so much competition around here. I mean, I literally can walk the Longhorn all these places where I live right now. But uh, we need the Ponderosa back, man. I'm going to knock this Golden Corral down over here because you don't eat Golden Corral steak. And I'm going to put a Ponderosa there. That's what I want to do. Do it. Do it yeah. for sure. Yeah. Golden <laughs> Corral. My God. Oh.
0: And then- I, I've only eaten a Golden Corral once. That was in college. After a football game, uh, the coach decided that we're all going to eat a Golden Corral on the way back home. So- <laughs> you
1: got to keep it carved that's- up, man.
0: Yeah, that's the only time i ever had Golden Corral was that one time after a football game in college. So.
1: Yeah, man, never went, never went back. Yeah, yeah, especially with all this COVID and everything going on. I don't know how they could even open a Golden Crown again. But yeah, I have
0: no idea, no idea.
1: Yeah, and then uh, I got one more on there. Like if you're at Fridays, the flat iron's not bad. A lot of times you go to Fridays for drinks, but if you need a quick steak, and it's mini. So if you're like me, you probably have to order like four of them. But. Uh, yeah it's pretty good it's not bad that's pretty much what i'll do that's our that's my chain steak deal we need ponderosa back if anybody's listening knows anything about ponderosa let's get it back 100
0: i'm on board and i'm i'm down to start that petition so we'll figure that out for sure
1: yeah we need to bring it back
0: <laughs> all right last topic today most successful athletes in their post career
1: Oh, man, we run through this pretty quick, but uh, I mean, obviously I think we both agree Jordan, who's worth 2.1 billion and he's made his money off of me through the years. I like the Jordan brand. It's quality stuff. I know you've never been a big Jordan brand guy, but I like the stuff. I Uh, I like Jordan. He
0: just, you know, growing up, it wasn't in in my price range and my parents were going to get it for me. And when I was making, when I was working, there's more important things that I wanted besides Jordans. <laughs> so oh, that's, that's no, I, how I went.
1: yeah, I didn't get that stuff when I was a kid either. And because I'm bitter about it, I buy it now. So I always nah, got me some got MJ's now. You know, I got me some right. MJ ones. I got the lows. I got the highs. I got the MV LJ MVPs. Yeah, I like my Jordans. I so
0: you. You, you can't beat that man. No, and it, 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 it is good product. It is the product probably is a good brand, and he's everywhere. I mean, I know my son's all about it. He likes wearing his Jordans. We got some Jordans for basketball and everything, so you know we're good. He got, got Jordan shoes, Jordan socks, Jordan shorts. And he's Jordaned out for sure. So,
1: yeah, man, it's good stuff. The thing I like about and this is the this is the truth, and I've tested it. Like for Jordan gear lasts a long time. Like it does. I don't know what the t-shirts, the shorts. Like I got Jordan shorts that look brand new. I've had to have had for 15 years. I play basketball yeah. still. Like they and they look brand new. And I've watched them a million times. So you're you're getting yeah. quality stuff. They're not taking those shortcuts with Jordan. Right, right.
0: And I'm i was surprised back then at Nike kind of let him off of their regular, you know, let him off their regular uh compensation deal, you know, as far as endorsements and let him have his own brand. And, you know, obviously it's worked out well for him.
1: You know, it, it was a good move by all. So, yeah, definitely worked out. Uh, second on my list is uh, David Beckham, obviously, most famous soccer player. Soccer is big in the world. So I got to put him on the list to say he's worth a billion dollars. He's in real estate, he's in fashion, he's in entertainment. I mean, celebrity wise, he's probably the biggest celebrity athlete in some ways. I've got one more that'd be bigger. And, uh, yeah, he's got the paper. What do you think?
0: No, I agree 100%. He does. He's, he's definitely got the paper. He's, he's got the look. He has, you know, the world loves him, and he's done a lot, and he's recognizable. You can't miss him, and, you know, people care. And he's he's had many different uh, business adventures that have been successful, and we'll see about how the soccer club goes in um, in Miami that he's tried to kick off for the MLS. We'll see how that works out for him. So,
1: Yeah, and then uh, Magic Johnson put him on here. He's worth over six hundred million. Yeah, gotta throw him on here. So I mean, we're basically talking about athletes who were successful on the field or court, and and successful post career. So
0: right, right. So I mean, Magic Johnson. He's what? Runs Johnson is probably worth over six hundred million. Part ownership group of that won the bid for the LA Dodgers previously owned the Dayton Dragons. They actually sold them in 2014, and I think they've actually gone downhill since then. Uh, part owner of the LA Sparks, and he's also co-owner of the MLS team, the expansion team, the um, Los Angeles FC, Los Angeles Football, football Club. So, you know, he, he's he's expanding. He's, he's expanded. I about call it his empire. It's not really empire, but that's what we'll say it is um, as far as that. So he, he's done well in the business world.
1: Yeah, and then I got... <clears throat> I got Arnold Schwarzenegger on here. Yeah, he's seven-time Mr. Olympia. There's only two other men in the history of the sport that have won more. Uh, if he wanted to retire early in 1975, it would have won like 14 of them. So uh, probably the greatest bodybuilder to ever live. Whether you consider it a sport or not, a lot of people do. Uh, because, you know, it's not a predetermined outcome, but it also is based on judges like boxing and stuff. But I got Arnold on here. Arnold is live American dream kid from Austria, worth four hundred million now. Probably one of the most famous, most recognizable ex athletes of any of them, right? Jordan Arnold, right? Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, movie star, governor of California, done about everything you could possibly do. I got Arnold on here. What do you think?
0: No, hey, that's a good call. Good call. He said basically, if someone's trying to live the American dream, he's done it. And, and Absolutely. Most, in most ways possible, he's, he's done it. So if you ever get uh, like a chance that, to
1: read his biography and his story, it's a good read.
0: Oh, really? I have to, I have to check that out. I'll check that out. Um, another thing I was to throw on this list, just because he's been around for a while on TV is Charles Barkley. You know, he, he's, uh, he's kind of, you know, I'm not a role model for when he was playing, um, you yeah, know, kind of got slack all the time for not winning championships, being a great basketball player, you know, NBA's top 50 basketball players of all time but he's been on TNT for at least 15 years and doesn't like he's going anywhere anytime soon and yeah he's a little unorthodox sometimes about what he does but he's been holding it down he's a fan favorite you know yeah and he's
1: won a lot of they've won awards for that show so Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think he's gambled a lot of his money away but yeah he's definitely uh Definitely up there. So I mean with, with Barkley on there, uh, you gotta throw Shaq on there. He's part of the TNT team. Kind of yeah. <laughs> displaced Chris Weber. Like, you're done. Shaquille O'Neal's yeah. moving in. He's worth four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he kind of just moved in, pushed Weber out. Like, see ya. Uh Right. He's worth 400 million. He's on the Papa John's board now. He's got like 88 car washes. Uh, I don't think his ex wife beat him up too bad, even though she was stealing his money, supposedly. Remember reading about that? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, but, I saw you know, that.
1: Shaq, and he's, to me, he's the ultimate endorsement person because everybody loves Shaq. Dude. He's just got that right. personality. And uh, yep. I mean, the dude, every time you turn on, he's rolling with the general and the car insurance commercial or. <laughs> doing his he is, icy man. hot thing. And you know, he's got he's got all kinds of stuff. He's got to be the most marketable guy out there. Yeah, hey, you can't miss him. You can't miss him. You can't miss him. Yeah, no, him. now he's got that show on TNT. I, I didn't watch it. It premiered last week. You know what I'm talking about? No, I didn't know it. What, what show is that? Oh some kind of on the family show. He's got his own reality show type of deal on TNT. It premiered last Thursday or something like that.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I I barely watch TV. If I watch anything, I'm streaming something. I feel like, so yeah, you know, I'll go out there and take a look, and see what's good with it. Um, another name that I had on the list was Michael Strahan. So since he's retired from NFL, obviously he's made the, He's in the Hall of Fame, uh, but you know he's a uh, one of the one of the cast on Fox NFL, um, Fox NFL Sunday. He's been doing that for some years. He was on, um, I guess, live with it was used to Kelly. Then it was live with Kelly and Michael. Uh, he's it was doing that. He's on Good Morning America, Yeah, you know. He's the host of a hundred thousand dollar pyramid, and you know, he's 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 everyone has his own clothing line. I just feel like he's he's uh finding success from many different avenues. Um, oh, yeah, you know, his basic of-
1: suit clothing line is actually pretty good. I mean, as someone yeah. who used to have to wear a lot of suits, I uh you know, his brand's pretty good because it's priced well and it's classy, it's not too flashy or anything like that, like uh. The only thing I'll say about Strayhan, I'm sorry, brother. Your new show at 3 o'clock or 2 o'clock or whatever, my girlfriend makes me watch when I'm home, is awful. Awful. <laughs> it sucks. You're, you have no chemistry with the other two people because the other two people have no are terrible on the show. Uh, oh, really? It's awful. See, it replaced the it? Chew, which my girlfriend used to watch as a cooking show. And I can actually deal with that because I like food, as you know. But his new show sucks. Check it out
0: with him and Sarah Haynes and Kiki Palmer, is that what yeah, it is?
1: Yeah, it's awful. It's it's painful <laughs> to watch. you better I, than that, dude. Strayhans should have his own show. It would be better if it was just a Strayhans show, and not you know the other two. It's awful. I don't I don't
0: mind the the Sarah Haynes on there. I thought him I thought him and her had good good chemistry together, um overall. So we'll see if it gets better. I don't know they add the Sarah. I don't know if they add Kiki Palmer or not. They probably could have left her off. But um
1: and the show's so a, awful, I think the broadcast realizes how awful it is. So they've been having like a news thing going on during it instead. So oh really? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, Australia needs his own show, you know. Yeah, he he has enough now, he has
0: enough viewership where he could have his own show and he could attract audience from you know, men, women, you know, multiple, you know, multiple cultures. I think it'd be I think he would have a, a solid yeah, he has a solid fan base. And he's good. He's also me life for being a football player and you know being an athlete kind of first. And yeah, he wasn't a
1: quarterback, home. dude. He was just a defensive end. I got mad love for yep.
0: that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I know you'd be a fan of that. So obviously, this. someone you can't leave off the list. Just based on the fact that the product that he sells is George Foreman. George Foreman's grills are everywhere. I feel like they're in, I don't know, seventy percent of America households, whether you use it still or not. He's still out there. He's still pushing it. He's still selling it. And he made a killing
1: off of it. And I can't hate on him for it at all. Oh, yeah, man. I had the big one and the small one. Uh, yeah, I don't have them too. anymore. I actually used them so much I wore them out. But that's It was actually a good product, man. <laughs> when you can't make it to our steak choices we just talked about and don't have time, man, you throw that steak on the foreman, cooks it on both sides, drains it out, man, you can do it pretty quick. It, it's a good that's product. Right. I'm a believer. That's right
0: so what else so, got? I, 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 the, the last one I have on my list is Roger Staubach, two time super Bowl winning quarterback in the Dallas Cowboys called Captain America he started a commercial real estate business back in like 1978 and basically they um, they went through and they used to buy real estate properties and they used to, only, they used to rent them to large corporations like McDonald's, AT&T Kmart over the years and ultimately, he ended up selling that business in I think 2018, or it might have been yeah, it might have been 2016. It's a Dewey, years years like, yeah, yeah. He, I think he sold it for like 618 million dollars, and really, him and his children were the pretty much direct beneficiaries of that. So great business dealings by Roger that He put his family in a great position.
1: Yeah. Yep, there's a lot of people balling out there. Uh, I'm going to throw out Arnold Arnold Palmer out there. He was making some serious money designing courses. His T still out there. And uh, Ohio State Buckeye Jack Nicklaus has said he's worth over $320 designing courses doing appearances, all-time Masters champ. Or uh, not Masters champ, but uh, Majors champ. Yep, impressive. Impressive. And yeah. then, what is it? We got two that, that's going to be on here in the future. Obviously, Tiger Woods is worth 1.4 billion, which is insane. Imagine if he didn't do all the dumb stuff he did, how much it would be worth. Right, do stuff messing with his money, man. Messing with his money. Messing with do? his money. Isn't that like your recurring theme on the show? It is messing. Don't athletes don't do stuff to mess with your money. Don't mess. Just make better decisions. If you're going to learn anything from Terrell on this prog- podcast, and it's podcast number 30, he's telling you people don't mess with your money. Do not mess That's with right. your money. If you're not getting that through, you're not paying attention. That's what it is. Don't mess with it. That <laughs> <money. laughs>
0: That's right. That is right. And obviously there's LeBron James. I don't know what his net worth is. I think he said what 400 million? Yeah, but I think it's like tired, four,
1: What I see the most recent was 480. 480. I mean, he's
0: trying to set himself up now, you know, for things outside of basketball. You know, obviously, he has a production company. He has the Shop that's on HBO. He has the Wall, that's a game show on, I think, NBC. He has another game show that's out there too. He's done documentaries, so he's really trying to bring that entertainment value uh, to the table going forward for, for the future as well. I think he's trying to build his empire, uh, which is smart. I mean, trying to have those different streaming, you know, different avenues streams, revenue streams coming in, you know, for his brand and. You know it's smart and you know, he does things in, in, in the community. Like you say, he's from Akron, where you're from. He has a school that's out there for the kids, and um, you know, he's been one of those people that has not done anything to mess with his money, nothing too impactful. Even I know we talked about the decision was kind of a scandal,
1: um, but not too much because he got paid when he was out of Miami and he got even more endorsements than he was there. So he got paid, but I think he lost a fan base. There is a portion of his fan base, I think he never got back from that. And, uh, you know, that is messing with your money a little bit. And he's done something also that other athletes have avoided to stop messing with his money. You know, he's become quite the civil rights activist in a lot of ways and voicing his opinion, things Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan would never do because what do you say? Don't mess with your money. And, you know, sometimes when you take that path, it's the right path, but it's also you need to understand it's going to cost you money. So, you know, I yeah. applaud him for having the courage to go forward with his beliefs.
0: Yep, yeah, 100%. 100% there. All right. Rapid fire topics. First one, response to the Bengals
1: releasing Andy
0: Dalton. What do you think about that?
1: Seen it coming. We knew it was going to happen. You can't pay it. Bengals are so cheap. They ain't going to pay him $17 million to sit on the bench. No. Plus, Burroughs a rough start. You know, you don't want all the media circus surrounding it. i surprised they didn't trade him. i I'm surprised they didn't trade him last year. I think they tried to get too much, and then after the draft, he was worth absolutely nothing, so they just had to release him.
0: Right, right. So, so, so the question to. is, what team does he go to?
1: I have no idea. He'll have a job. Uh, Dalton's a guy, I think would benefit from a fresh start. He's really surprisingly not that old. This is only his ninth year. He should have some good football left in him.
0: I think he's Uh, 31. He might be 32 years old. I mean,
1: Belichick could be waiting in the wings, could be next Patriots quarterback, right? uh, Can you imagine he knew that they were going to release him all the time and say he gets him for nothing on the release field and Dalton takes him to the playoffs? I mean, what a story. I know that Vegas actually. I seen the seen the odds today. Belichick's favored to be coach of the year, and Burroughs is favored to be rookie of the year. So maybe they know something. Vegas knows everything. That might be good for both of
0: hey, them. Hey, the wise wise guys in Vegas—they know what's going on for sure. So, all right. Uh, first thing, what's the first thing you're gonna do when the when the quarantine lifts? Well, all you know, this COVID nineteen stuff.
1: You know me. I'm going to the bar. <laughs> so, uh, first thing I'm doing me, me, you know you even got to ask me that question you know where I'm going
0: <laughs> what's going to be the first drink of choice what's the drink of choice
1: Oh, uh, you know what I might go in there and I might start with a beer and a shot of Crown that might be my first uh, first thing I do here I don't know uh, uh, I'm going to get something probably a lot of something we'll figure it out <laughs> All
0: right, Uh, another question: Kim Jong Un is he dead or alive? North Korea's leader. That's the (laughs) question. I keep seeing different stories. I don't know what to believe. I'm hearing all kinds of things, but I don't know. I have no idea. I'm kind of nervous with this out here. You might come find me, but I want to (laughs) know.
1: I thought Trump was going to come out and say that there was like some news coming out. Did I miss it? Was there an update? I don't remember seeing an update if he was alive or not. So,
0: yeah, I don't. I haven't seen an update at all. So
1: (laughs) So I'm going to say say he shouldn't be alive because he's like 5'4 and like 300 pounds and his neck's wider than his head. And he brags about smoking four packs of cigarettes a day and crushing buffets and just living an overall uh, not very promising lifestyle. Oh man, what do you think the odds? I wonder if Vegas had odds on this—if he's alive or dead or not. If you bet on it, oh, I'm gonna say—God, this is a tough one. What are you saying? I think he's alive. I do. He missed the so, only holiday in North Korea. That's when they celebrate the existence of his family for saving the, whatever he's got going on over there, right? So, yeah,
0: I. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. So, I guess I'd just I'm I'd be like everybody else with the wait and see. But right now, you know, I'm
1: curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm curious, too. But it, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I know his wife disappeared. Who knows what happened to her? It's amazing that there's a right. country like that still in existence. Uh, <laughs> it is kind of crazy. It, it is. He's uh, still thankful. you know. As as much as everybody
0: argues politics here in the United States, I'm glad this is the country I live in.
1: (laughs) We live in the greatest country at the greatest time in the history of the human race there. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, obviously people, you know, get down and stuff happens and stuff like that. But if you, you know, me being an ancient studies major and history buff and all that stuff, uh, nobody's had it better than we got it. And uh, that's the truth.
0: Yep. I agree with you there, man. I agree with you there. And last topic, we don't, I don't know if we're going to talk about this or not, but I did get, I took Dane's advice. I got a Samsung galaxy watch links with my phone and there's a lot to learn from it. So I am learning, uh, it is fun it's pretty cool. Um, it works pretty well overall. Um, my, my Samsung wearables are increasing to so have gotten my galaxy bud earphones. So like I said, it's a lot to learn for me. Um, Right, it's come along pretty good. I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad. At it. And I got it at a discount. So it's like $300. I got it for like $220. i am not mad.
1: Yeah, man, I like it, man. It's good. Uh, make sure you download text, Tetris on there. If you ever get in tuck, stuck in a tough spot or you're sitting in class or something, start playing Tetris. It's important. All right, Dom. No, I'll definitely remember that for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: So... But man, we, we've gotten through another episode. Appreciate you uh, coming out. I know you've been, you've been working a lot and everything. So appreciate you still doing the podcast and you know, I had
1: fun. Hopefully you did too, man. Yeah, it was a good time. Hope we uh, dropped some knowledge out there. People didn't know or gave our unique perspective on things. <laughs>
0: right. So we, we're, we we're still, we're still trying to think of the, the topics for the next podcast. I'm sure it's interesting. it should be funny. Um, like I said, we, the, the highs of the NFL draft have come and gone, so now we're back into our normal non-sports quarantined world. So I'm sure there'll be some goofy topics coming uh, along the line in here in the near future, uh, one way or another. So until That's then, right, man, uh,
1: it's been real. I'll talk to you later. All right.
0: Hey, guys, your favorite segment, Relax and Take Notes. I, we don't have anything for the segment today. There's nothing that's been crazier on my mind or anything like that. I know that um, I was happy we got to have a little parade uh, yesterday for, uh, for our nephew and family, uh, Crosley. Uh, we had a nice little parade celebrating his birthday, he turned four, so that's fun. That's a way to be able to kind of hang out, see some people in, in, in person, and uh, keep social distancing while doing it. So um, enjoy your time you get to have with your family and friends. I know those times are scarce right now during this whole COVID-19 situation and a lot of the lockdowns and stay-at-home orders that everybody's under. So appreciate your family, talk to them through the different so- me- social medias that um, that you can and enjoy your time and when you do get to hang out together you know enjoy their time with them as well um like i said we don't really know what the new normal is going to be i'm sure we'll be finding out soon so until then appreciate you listening to the show dan and myself had a great time we hope you did too and we look forward to the next episode so until then talk to you soon later